What a privilege it is for us that you are connecting with us in this beautiful Sunday. Happy Father's Day to all the dads in the world. This is our worship service 295, June 19, 2022. And from Odessa, Texas, we are broadcasting very happily today. The part number one of this series, New World Order. If you would like to download the bulletin, go to our website, vchurch.us, and you can do it from there. Or simply, you can use your camera and open exactly on your phone. I'm sorry. On your phone, open the camera and point towards the QR code. You can download the bulletin of this teaching. Welcome one more time to our broadcast. And we want to say thank you for your support. You guys are terrific. I appreciate your help. My dear church member, Victory Church Odessa. Yay, that's the way to go. Thank you so much, brother, sister, everybody in the family church. We are so happy that we can do this for the world, for the Lord, of course, for the world and for you as well. Thank you so much, Tracy, for the songs. Thank you, Sebastian, for the work you are doing with IT. And thank you to our great friends that are working behind scenes, making this broadcast available in many, many countries today and uh, appreciate your work and your effort. So today we are going to talk about the new world order, and this is the first part of this teaching. So today we start reading the scripture in Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, from the easy to read version. We read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus left the temple area and was walking away. But his followers came to him to show him the temple's buildings. He asked them, are you looking at these buildings? The fact is, they will be destroyed. Every stone will be thrown down to the ground. Not one stone will be left on another. What a powerful prophecy the Lord gave to the disciples near the year 30. It was in the year 70 after Christ, when under the leadership of Titus, son of the Roman emperor Vespasian, the Jewish people were defeated and the temple was destroyed. You know something? God's prophecy is always fulfilled. Always. Every time there is a prophecy coming from God, it's going to be fulfilled. And I want to show you here on the screen this painting by David Roberts, which in the year 1850 decided to present to you how it looked, the destruction of Jerusalem because it happened. Exactly what the Lord Jesus said, it happened. Now that we are studying this particular series, the New World Order, we are going to reflect, my friends, in four particular areas. And I want you to come with me in this journey because it's going to be very, very important. And the first thing that we are going to discuss, and today we are discussing this, is about the purpose of God's prophecy. What's the purpose? Then, speaking about God's prophecy, we will talk about timing, we will talk about signs, and key players. So, this is going to be a profound study. We are going to go through many scriptures and analyze different angles of all these things that are related with the main topic, New World Order. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited to share with you these wonderful things. So let's just start with what is the purpose of God's prophecy? 
Well, I want you to know that the Lord has a purpose and actually several purposes when it's about his prophecy. The Lord wants you to know basically four important things here. The first one is that he is in full control. Through his prophecies, through the messages that the Lord reveals to his prophets and his people, he wants you to know that he is in full control. Yes, always. His plan also includes you. In the big picture, the big plan that the Lord has, and through his prophecies, he's always including you. You as a person, my friend. Where? Well, where you are. When? Well, now. You know, the Lord included you, is including you in this prophecy. Isn't it that something? <laughs> Think about it. Now, the third thing is that his vision is beyond this earthly life. While we are going to study these prophecies and everything related with the new world order, you are going to see that actually his vision is beyond what we can see here on this planet. And finally, we will understand that through his prophecy, he reveals that he is the sovereign king of the universe. There is no one like him. He is the king of the universe. So let's go to, to this study. And uh, the first thing that I, wanted, I want you to, to understand is today we are going to analyze a little pieces of the, the stories of Jeremiah, Daniel, and Nehemiah. So these particular prophets, these particular servants of God, they reveal to us interesting components of the whole purpose, the whole prophecy that the Lord have for his people. So let's start reading the scripture. In Jeremiah 26, verses 2 to 3 and forward, the Lord said, Jeremiah, stand in the temple yard of the Lord. Give this message to all the people of Judah who are coming to worship at the temple of the Lord. Tell them everything that I tell you to speak. Don't leave out any part of my message. Maybe they will listen and obey my message. Maybe they will stop living such evil lives. If they change, I will change my mind about my plans to punish them. I am planning this punishment because of the many evil things they have done. Verses 4 and 6. You will say to them, this is what the Lord says. I gave my teachings to you. You must obey me and follow my teachings. You must listen to what my servants say to you. The prophets are my servants. I have sent my prophets to you again and again. But you did not listen to them. If you don't obey me, I will make my temple in Jerusalem just like my holy tent at Shiloh. People all over the world will think of Jerusalem when they ask for bad things to happen to other cities. Verses 7, 8, and 9. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah say all these words at the Lord's temple. 
Jeremiah finished speaking everything the Lord had commanded him to say to the people. Then the priests, the prophets, and all the people grabbed Jeremiah. They said, you will die for saying such terrible things. How dare you say such a thing in the name of the Lord? How dare you say that this temple will be destroyed like the one at Shalom? How dare you say that Jerusalem will, come, will become a desert with no one living in it? At the temple, listen to this, gather around all the people, gather around Jeremiah in the temple of the Lord. Verses 10 and 11. The rulers of Judah heard about everything that was happening. So they came out of the king's palace. They went up to the Lord's temple. They took their places at the entrance of the new gate. The new gate is a gate leading to the Lord's temple. Then the priests and the prophets spoke to the rulers and all the other people. They said, Jeremiah should be killed. He said bad things about Jerusalem. You heard him say those things. Verses 12, 13, and 14. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the rulers of Judah and all the other people. He said, the Lord sent me to say these things about this temple and this city. Everything that you have heard is from the Lord. You people, change your lives. You must start doing good. You must obey the Lord your God. If you do that, he will change his mind. He will know the bad, he will not do the bad things he told you about. As for me, I am in your power. Do to me what you think is good and right. Verses 15 and 16. But if you kill me, be sure of one thing. You will be guilty of killing an innocent person. You will make this city and everyone living in it guilty too. The Lord really did send me to you. The message you heard really is from the Lord. Then the rulers, rulers and all the people spoke. They said, they said to the priests and the prophets, Jeremiah must not be killed. What he told us comes from the Lord, our God. What a powerful moment of God in the life of his people. You know what, uh, what is so powerful here is, is exactly what, what the Lord is saying here. Basically, listen to this carefully, my friend, because <laughs> this might change your life. It says, maybe you will listen and obey my teachings. Then I will change my mind. About what? About the punishment that he was talking about. Because punishment comes because of the many evil things you have done. This is what the Lord God said. Prophecy has to do with many things. I told you this before. But it's interesting when you think about that the, the main message in this particular 
moment of the history of Israel, which also, my friend, applies to you today, wherever you are. It doesn't matter the time of your life. It's always powerful to hear this, these words from the Lord saying, maybe you will listen and obey. Obey my teachings. Maybe. Because that is the Lord's heart. The Lord's heart is, is about hoping for the people in the world to change. The people in the world to acknowledge that He is God. And then, by acknowledging His greatness, they will start to listen and obey the teachings. Because that will change everything. Not just for one person. Not just for a group of people. Not just for a particular generation. It can change everything forever. And that is something that you need to start thinking about. Because the prophecy of the Lord here was about something terrible to happen to, <laughs> to the people of Israel. Exactly what the Lord Jesus said. You remember that, right? You remember that. But you know what was interesting? That the priests, the prophets, the people, and the leaders of the city, they wanted to kill Jeremiah. Like yesterday, and today, and tomorrow. Every single time there is a man or woman of God telling people to stop doing what is wrong and change their lives and start doing what is right, the immediate reaction always is to hate that particular messenger. Nothing has changed ever since. And it's not going to change. You know, like people say all the time, they hate the messenger. But the important part should be if we are understanding the message, because it doesn't matter if it's Jeremiah or John the Baptist or Paul or whomever. Is the message of God bothering you? Is the message of God telling you to stop doing what is wrong? Change your life? Listen and obey the teachings of God? Bothering you? Is this message bothering you? Do you hate the messenger because the messenger is telling you to stop doing what is wrong? You know, in this scenario, even every, everybody said, you know what? We need to kill this guy. Probably today you don't see necessarily people killing messengers of God. Literally speaking, sometimes it happens. But in many ways, they can kill the messenger. They can force him to stop talking through many ways. Many ways to persuade or manipulate or push the servant of God. So the servant of God will not deliver God's message. And why is that? It's because the people, the priests, the prophets, everybody, leaders, everybody says, um, we don't want this message. We are comfortable the way that we are living. We don't like the idea of you telling us to stop doing what is wrong and changing our lives. 
And that's prophecy. That's prophecy from God. But Jeremiah and many, many, many other servants of God throughout history, today in the world, in this country, and in every country where the gospel is being preached, there are many servants of God that they say, like Jeremiah said, change your lives, you must start doing good and obey the Lord. Because with such a pressure, the messenger can feel, I got to change my message because I am losing followers because I'm not being popular. Because uh, I'm losing people and I'm losing income. I need to change my message. They want to kill me. How is that I'm going to make a living if my people leaves and with that, the source of my income. So messengers say, I'm not going to change the message of God just because you want to kill me. Some servants of God say, no, you can threat me if you like. You can leave me. You can stop giving money to the church, to the ministry. You can do anything you want. You can unfriend me on social media. You can stop being my friend if you like. Do anything you want, but I'm not going to change the message because the message is from the Lord. And when Jeremiah was so strong and said to the people, guys, the issue is not me. The issue is that you must change your lives. You must start, he says, you must start doing good and obey the Lord. And when Jeremiah was so strong, bold, brave, and honest with the people, some of them changed their minds. <laughs> that was interesting. But let's continue reading what happens with this story. You know, and a, a couple of chapters before, chapter 22 of Jeremiah, verses 13, 15, and 16, we read about the judgment against Jehoiakim, which was the king during the time of this particular prophecy. And this is what Jeremiah said chapters before. It's a prophecy from the Lord. It will be very bad for King Jehoiakim. He is doing wrong so he can build his palace. He is cheating people so that, so that he can build rooms upstairs. He is not paying his own people. He is making them work for nothing. Jehoiakim, having a lot of cedar in your house, does not make you a great king. Your father, Josiah, was satisfied <laughs> to have food and drink. He did what was right and fair. So everything went well for him. Josiah helped the poor and needy people. So everything went well for him. Jehoiakim, what does it mean to know God? It means living right and being fair. That is, that is what it means to know God. 
We find two other passages in the scripture that talk about this particular king. In 2 Chronicles 36, 5, it says that Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became the new king of Judah. He was king in Jerusalem for 11 years. Jehoiakim did not obey God. He did what the Lord, his God, considered evil. In Jeremiah 22, 17, we read this other statement. Jehoiakim, your eyes only look for what benefits yourself. You are always thinking about getting more for yourself. You are willing to kill innocent people. You are willing to steal things from other people. You know, my friend, this particular guy was a young guy with wrong ideas. And we understand new generations, like I was a new generation once, there is certain level of rebellion against parents. We want to change things, you know? If uh, the parents have long hair, we want to have short hair. If we have short hair, if they have short hair, we want to have long hair, and on and on and on. There is always a change in the generation, okay? I, I get that. But when it's about principles, that's bad. And this guy, at 25 years old, he had a good example because his father was a good king. But something was wrong with this guy. Really, really bad. And uh, as a result of that, you know, leaders in a country can bring destruction to the whole nation, not just present, but future generations may suffer for that. And that is exactly what happened out there. Daniel chapter one, verses one and two says that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and surrounded it with his army. This happened during the third year that Jehoiakim was king of Judah. The Lord allowed Nebuchadnezzar to defeat Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar took all the dishes and other things from God's temple <laughs> and carried them to Babylon. He put those things in the temple of his gods. Wow. You know, it's sad, but it happened. You know, the Lord gave to the people of Israel a chance, an opportunity to, to do good. Like today, the Lord is always giving to his people, to you, the opportunity to change and to do good. His mercy is available all the time. But what do you do with that opportunity? When we are thinking of the new world order, and when we are thinking of prophecy, here, here is a very important piece into all this, that the Lord is always willing to show mercy to his people. The Lord is willing to help everyone. The Lord is willing to help you today. But he wants you to change, to stop doing wrong and start to do good. That is something that you have to consider for present times, for future times, for your personal life, 
in your family, in future generations. A country, a family, a company is going to have consequences of the leader's decisions. And you, without even thinking about it, are making decisions that will affect the future of everything. So now let's read now what happens 100 years later. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 6. This is Nehemiah saying, When I heard this about the people of Jerusalem and about the wall, I sat down and cried. I was very sad. I fasted and prayed to the God of heaven for several days. Then I prayed this prayer, Lord God of heaven, you are the great and powerful God. You are the God who keeps his agreement of love with people who love you and obey your commands. Please open your eyes and ears and listen to the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night. I am praying from your, for your servants, the Israelites. I confess the sins we Israelites have done against you. I am confessing that I have sinned against you and that the other people in my father's family have sinned against you. Verses 8 and 9. Please remember the teaching you gave your servant Moses. You said to him, If you Israelites are not faithful, I will force you to be scattered among the other nations. But if you Israelites come back to me and obey my commands, this is what I will do. Even if your people have been forced to leave their homes and go to the ends of the earth, I will gather them from there. I will bring them back to the place I have chosen to put my name. The story that we are studying here about Jeremiah and the king and what happened with Nebuchadnezzar taking over in the captivity of the Israelites, all this happened more or less in the year six, uh, 500 before the Lord Jesus Christ. More or less in that period, right? And then, and, and during that time, Jeremiah's time, Daniel was around also, more or less in that season as well. But it was probably a, a hundred years later when Nehemiah shows up into history. And he is the one who found out about what happened, why they were captive in Babylon. And the story of Nebuchadnezzar and the story of the temple and all that. So as leaders can bring destruction to a nation, leaders also can bring restoration. Because as bad as some leaders can do for themselves and the next generations, leaders also can do great things for themselves, their families, their nation, and the following generations. And as a result of that, the Lord helped Nehemiah. The Jews came back to Jerusalem and they restart. They restarted their story again. And here we go, they are again worshiping God. 
And all that keeps, keeps on going until the cycle repeats. And you know what I am talking about. You are doing good. You get into trouble. You ask God to forgive you, to help you, and he saves you. And you are doing good for a little while until you do it again. And again. And it's a cycle that we see in the story of the people of Israel that pretty much is like your story, my friend. Again, in the same cycle, in the same cycle. And that happened constantly, you know, from those years. So you are talking about another 100, 400 years later when, when the Lord Jesus is around. And he says the prophecy about the buildings of the temple. And, and, and you know, I showed you this painting earlier. The Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem because God's prophecy is always fulfilled. It's always fulfilled. You remember I told you that in this world, New World Order series, we will reflect on God's prophecy, right? You remember that. And I told you that in God's prophecy, we, we need to study four main components. And the first component we said is purpose. You remember I told you that in the purpose of the God's prophecy, the Lord wants you to know basically four things which are listed here on the screen. Which one, which one are those? Well, that he is in full control, that his plan includes you, that his vision is beyond this early life, and that he is the sovereign king of the universe. You, you want to know more about the new world order. And we are going to discuss about that. But we need to start right here with God's prophecy. What is the purpose of God's prophecy? Prophecy. What is what the Lord is expecting of you? And the interpretation of all that. My friend, it's time for you to change. You want to know about the new world order? I'm going to talk to you more details about it in the following messages of this series. But the main thing that you have to know is that the purpose of God in your life is for you to change. To stop doing what is wrong, start listening to Him, obeying His commandments, and doing what is right. If you remember, Jeremiah said to the king about some things about his father, Josiah, and said, you know, he was content. He was content. He was not greedy. He was content. And actually, he learned that actually knowing about God was about doing good and being fair. What if you start there, my friend? What if you start right there? Start just by thinking about doing things right 
and being fair with everybody. To begin with God, to give glory to God, to give, give honor to God, to give to the Lord the place that He deserves in your heart, to give to the Lord the place that He deserves in your schedule, and to give to the Lord the place that He deserves in your budget. Think about this. The Lord is not going to stop everything that He has in His plan because of you. He wants to include you. But it's up to you if you want to be an active part in God's prophecy or not. So I encourage you today to think about this and let the Holy Spirit, my friend, transform you and touch you and guide you to do what is right. That will bring a lot of healing in your life, healing in your relationship with the Lord. You lost the faith in some point. You lost the vision in some point. You got lost. You lost track. You lost focus. You got confused. You need restoration. You need a miracle in your life. Open your heart to the truths, the fundamental truths of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As John 3.16 declares, He gave His life for you. What are you waiting, my friend, to live for Him? Say a prayer with me. Say with me, dear Lord, I am so sorry. Like Nehemiah said, I confess my sins before you. Like Nehemiah says, you are the great king of the universe. May your will be done in my life. Not what I want, but what you want, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, friend, for being here. I appreciate that you wanted to speak Spend time with us today in from Odessa, Texas, in the name of our Lord God Almighty, in the name of Victory Church Odessa, in the name of my family, the church. We say to you, thank you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Share this message with somebody. New World Order, part one. There is so much to come. Next Sunday on June 26th, here in service 296, I'm going to be sharing with you New World Order Part 2. I hope to see you here soon. Thank you so much. Good morning. Let me invite you to download or install Gian TV, which is our Roku channel. If you have a Roku TV or a Roku device, don't hesitate to install this free, absolutely free Roku channel. You will be able to watch wonderful videos, all the categories that we have here. So go to search channels, search for Gian TV, and then hit install. Don't forget to give us a five stars if you like our videos. Thank you so much for watching. By Giancarlo Vicitoro. I know you have suffered, but what if you would have never met your mom because she died giving birth to you? That's the beginning of Simon's story. Then Simon's father died when he was only 15 years old. He was sent to a foster home where he was bullied, humiliated, and there was no one to protect him. But Simon decided to find a way to get his revenge.
by studying and becoming good at sports. He won a scholarship, and soon he started his own business, Simon Yardwork. Mean people were envious of his success, but one day, Simon met and fell in love with Jackie. They were happy, until the FBI arrested Simon due to clues that incriminated him with several murdered people. Will Simon end up in prison? Don't miss the outcome of this story, The Best Revenge, the musical that will inspire everyone to pay good for evil. Go to mygiancarlo.com to purchase The Best Revenge on audio and video.
disappointed you quite many times I failed I messed up big time acting right was not my style no more sad days now all is bright the sun is shining with its light I feel the wind blowing off my skin I feel your love coming, you're my spring The winter is over, no more snow My heart you filled with your love now in my home I hear the birds I see the kids playing, boys and girls Like the ocean wants the moon, like the grass needs the rain, come and take my pain away. How can somebody fix my heart? My life is falling apart, if only there was somebody who sees that I'm not. Nobody, how can somebody fix my heart? My life is falling apart, if only there was somebody who sees that I'm not. Nobody, sing to me a love song again, fly me on your airplane. Be my shining star tonight I need you badly in my life It is absolutely amazing what I am feeling Never before I experienced what you have done to me I know that in the past, I didn't see things as I do now. But honestly, you have changed everything for me. And uh, I don't want to let it go. I don't want you to go anywhere. Stay here with me, by me. Because you make me feel alive. And I know that you love me, and I love you. I love you with all of my heart. I belong to you. You brought me a new life, a life that is absolutely profound, real, and true. Hey, that's all, that's all, that's all, folks. 
Time to go home. <laughs> Ciao.